Hi, welcome to the podcast today. Let's get this out of the way right away. Alex finally got a house. I'll leave that alone for now. Um, I know the podcast has not been daily recently, and her and I have had a hard time connecting. She has a new role over at um, Neighborhood Properties, NPI. Things are coming together for her. Married in October. She was persistent. Didn't ever get too down. And the tears did fall when she was told that uh, her offer was accepted on Saturday. But uh, marriage, the house, the promotion, well-deserved. What uh, is another P word next? I'll leave all that other Alex stuff for you. Uh, I have some additional duties here at the radio station, which keeps me from knocking things your way every day. But we're like, like I've always said, do not want to waste your time. This person might have made a deal with the devil. We don't take things for granted here as we could. And other people are enjoying our things so much so we got a nice national honor, some some recognition from a, um, a place with some gravitas. Uh, it will be a while until the walleye home again, and it will be quite a challenge. And um, yeah, what I had read and at least said on the air last week, she is creating creating economies. But first, um, a shout out to I think her name is Barb Fisher. Something it was a, it was a whirlwind of a day. So Friday. Uh, I was scheduled to do some, to do a presentation, a chat. We've got a pretty long PowerPoint that's been simplified since with the Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition. I say this is the Coalition 2.0. A friend that I used to do it with, she has uh, moved out of the area. It's been taken over by somebody who was on the board and, and she's trying to reshape it and rebuild it. it. Of all things that lost a lot of momentum during COVID, uh, the coalition, the meetings and whatnot, th- this was this is one of those things before COVID hit. When we d- would do monthly meetings at the Kent branch of the library, we had no less than like 20 people every time. And a lot of it was just networking. Like, what is what do you do at your mental health facility? What is your interest? Why are you here? This touches me personally. It was, it was good to just get that discussion out and see who's doing what and share each other's events and info and resources. Um, so 2.0 is, is, is off to a slow start. Um, I missed the initial meeting a couple weeks ago because I was on the air, but we had a, had a talk on Friday. Barrows Elementary. I was like, this is good. I, I looked it up on my maps. I was like, oh, this is nice. This is on South Avenue. This is real close. If it's not my it's not my home elementary, but it's my work, it's got to be my work elementary school. Eh, maybe not. There's a, was it, Beverly Glendale, something like that, around the corner on Glendale and Burn. But it's close to here. Now, I initially thought that, um, I was like, why do I think we were going to Walbridge? In fact, I had forgotten about that so much so... I, a lot of my events, I get as prepared as I can, but I usually hold it off to the last minute, not to procrastinate, but I got a bunch of other stuff going on. So I didn't start thinking about Friday until I looked at the PowerPoint on Monday. I'm like, yeah, this is this is 101 stuff. It's super easy. Looked it up Thursday night, Friday morning, good to go. Um, didn't even use the PowerPoint because the school did not, ex- not, did not expect us to be there. There was some confusion. And I'm, unfortunately, I'm not... It's going to be some some hiccups, um, going to be some hurdles, some setbacks as we get going with Coalition 2.0. But thanks to the principal, I believe her name was Barb Fisher, Burroughs Elementary. Um, she got it together and and 
it's weird. I'm used to going to some schools, and if a stranger comes in, it's like stranger danger. And I know that stranger danger was in the news recently, but I didn't have to sign anything. Going to TPS, you can understand, is a, a, a different experience than Perrysburg. Or, in fact, when I got to talking, I had asked the principal, like, hey, can I bring a kid up here that, that um, isn't volunteering and might be a little shy? And, and they said, yeah. I was like, okay, just making sure. Because Perrysburg, I think they were worried about a lawsuit. I heard some laughing from the adults. But this awesome principal at Burroughs Elementary got everything coordinated, got those 7th and 8th graders in the cafeteria. And uh, I think it was pretty productive. Um, I can't really envision or visualize back on Friday any of the kids that were asleep or completely disinterested. They were... Uh, engaged and interactive, got to know some of their names because I kept calling on them. Uh, they, had, they had asked some questions afterwards and um, she gave a stern principal talk before I got going. I guess they had had some issues, I guess like many schools with phones and substitutes. So I had some flashbacks to uh, adults in schools where I've been, like the, the F around... Um, F around and find out kind of talk that we used to get. She she gave one of those. And I was like, ooh, okay. But she was such a sweetheart. Um, she told me that her son had experienced a lot of the things she recognized in what I spoke about um, in her son and was really appreciative that we got this thing going. But those kids, regardless of what they were doing to the sub and with phones, they were attentive, far more attentive and engaging and interactive than I expected. Um so nice job, good kids at the seventh and eighth grade at Burroughs Elementary. I guess I was expecting kids a little different. I don't know. I don't know that neighborhood that well. Most of the kids did not look like me. And by that, I mean, most of the kids were black. And when people, whatever the age is, don't look like me and I go to these, I prepare to not be well accepted. Maybe a lot of that goes back to several talks at Woodward. Health teacher was all about mental health stuff. And we'd come, but a lot of those kids didn't care. Some of those kids slept through it. Um, and I don't even care that it was disrespectful. I get it. I would not, I, I don't look like them. I don't relate to them. My life is not theirs. How am I going to share any wisdom? Regardless if they could take something from it, I get it. it, it the source matters. So I'm really... Um, I have a lot of gratitude that these kids uh, paid attention and were a part of it. You can go, Eric, maybe you're just really good at what you do. Yeah, I get a little bit of credit, but I'm glad they got something out of it. I hope they did. I should follow up with their principle. Um, my timeline was filled with two things. One more than the other yesterday, Mother's Day. And by the way, I saw a lot of people posting uh, they have the number one mom. So either you're not checking the standings uh, you're super selfish, conceited, or we have like an 18,000 way tie for number one mom. I guess that's possible. Uh, remember when it comes to Father's Day, you're all battling for number two. My dad is number one. Have it number two. But yeah, a lot of Mother's Day stuff. But before that Friday, uh, I ha still have a ton of friends back home in Philadelphia and friends from all over the East Coast, not just the, the general Philadelphia metro and the suburbs. A lot of people went to go see Taylor Swift. Three shows at Lincoln Financial Field where the Eagles play, an outdoor stadium, holds like 70,000. Three three-hour Taylor Swift shows. There was one viral moment where she told some security guard to leave people alone. Whoever it was was being fine. Back up off them. I didn't watch it. 
I had read last week that where Taylor Swift goes, she is creating economies. There's a Taylor Swift economy. Hotels, restaurants. It's like when a convention comes to town, like a political convention or the Pope or the Olympics. Um, There are a lot of hotels in the area of that stadium because it's near the airport. The hotels were taken up. Um, a, A friend commented that there were people who didn't get tickets for outside the stadium singing along or listening to hear the singing, which you can do at outdoor stadiums, not going to be able to do that at Ford Field. I am obviously not a concert expert. Um, I did go to a handful of the Gaga shows at the peak of her musical fame, like 2010, 2011, the Monsters This and That Tour, and so many people were dressed up. That was not like this, where... I know people personally and then saw them in my feeds over the weekend. Many people, mostly women, as you might guess, dressed in famous Taylor outfits or ones that appealed to them, whether it was from an award show, when she was out in public somewhere, a TV show, certainly concerts and music videos, thousands, it was like thousands Tens of thousands of Taylor lookalites, Taylor acolytes, and I don't say that with any kind of irreverence. I don't mean to, I don't mean it tongue in cheek. Um, Taylor really creates these short-lived mini economies. I have never seen a concert experience quite like what I was able to observe through social in the last handful of days. Th- tens of thousands of people look like. Zombies or some like 1984 tinfoil hat black helicopter video where tens of thousands of people, thousands in these videos, singing her lyrics back to her, like completely entranced by this performer. Good for her for doing three hours and giving people their their money's worth. I mean, that's a lot. Three hour shows in how many consecutive nights? I mean, that takes a lot of energy and hopefully she can uh, maintain her health physical health, mental health, all of it throughout all of this, but to watch all these people singing and then to hear it, how it, it drowns Taylor out. It's just unlike anything I have ever seen before. Um, a different kind. I, I don't, when we hear things like, Oh, it's like a religious experience that, that can be somewhat, uh, negative or derisive. This is like a supernatural experience for these people. It is truly an event they will never, never forget. The pure Taylor euphoria that people were experiencing. Again, I might not go to a lot of concerts, but I see pictures of them. And there is absolutely um, nothing like this whatsoever. So I hope you get a chance to go to it, whether it's Detroit or what, Cincinnati, Columbus, Chicago. If you go to the Detroit one, you're not going to be able to hear anything outside the stadium because that stadium is enclosed. The Walleye won. They're now 8-0 in the playoffs. A 9-2 thrashing of the team that topped their division, the Cincinnati Cyclones. I was wrong. thought the Cyclones were the best team in the league. And for most of this calendar year, they probably were. Next up for the Walleye, they'll take their undefeated playoff record out to Idaho. The Idaho Steel something begins uh, Saturday and Sunday. It'll be on BCSN, 910-610. It should be on BCSN. We'll have to wait for home games here Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, if needed. 
I this looks really good. I can't tell you anything about Idaho, but the wall I have dispatched the two quality opponents pretty quickly, especially Cincinnati. I want that parade. We got a nice little acknowledgement. I want to call it an award in honor. Um, Forbes said we were. They said we're the cheapest place to take a family vacation. I'll use most affordable place to take a family vacation. One, we're very drivable. So um, gas costs less than plane tickets and air, airport parking. Um, the obvious reasons were the draw, Imagination Station, the zoo, art museum, which is free or just pay for parking. Didn't even mention the free metro parks. Did mention how, you know, you're here. And uh, you can drive out to, to Cedar Point. You can make that trip. You can go out to Port Clinton, Sandusky, enjoy the water over there, Mommy Bay State Park, if you're here and you just want to take a day trip up to Detroit. So a nice honor for us. We don't get many of them, but that's good. And it's good when people come here and spend money here. Um, that that should offset some things. He made a deal with the devil. I've shared my disappointment in him before, but uh, The weekend, if you follow any of his social feeds, changed his name back to, he changed The weekend. I guess he's retiring. He's going back to Abel. Maybe I'll go back to my legal name. Uh, Good. Whatever it takes for him to shed this Faustian bargain, this deal with the devil he may have made, Blinding White Lights was the biggest song of the decade. And it got us through arguably the first year of COVID. It was the song of that year, but really the song of the 2010s. One of the biggest songs ever. That bargain seemingly has not given us anything like, nothing like that, but nothing like some of his other hits that I have loved in years past. Um, At least the latest album. Sacrifice, Take My Breath Away. On the scale of weekend songs, very mediocre. What do you mean? We've got Die For You. Cool, that's an eight-year-old song from the Starboy album. What about Creepin'? That's a phenomenal song. And it's not old, but it's basically a karaoke version of a 20-year-old Mario Winans song. I hold the weekend to different standards to the guy that I first fell in love with, with Wicked Games. Um, his pop breakout, well, earned it, with, which was his pop breakout, but his pop breakout album, Starboy album, Starboy, The Hills... I Feel It Coming on the Black Panther soundtrack, Pray For You. He's got monster hits. So I hold him to a different standard and I hope the name change gets him back to those. I do hope you can make it out to participate in the Taylor Swift economy. Um, She's going to make a half billion dollars net on this tour. So again, I'm glad she's giving people their money's worth. I don't know if anything is worth what you might pay for them. Um, but me, I'm not a concert goer, but the people I saw enjoying themselves probably worth the three, five, six hundred dollars that they paid for this. Um, I've not seen any. The only thing I can compare it to is how the NFL prints money. Uh, their Sunday ticket where you can watch all the games all season, any team used to be. I used to pay like two eighty for it. Now, if you don't have YouTube TV, it's four hundred and fifty dollars. The, the NFL keeps growing and growing and growing, regardless of any scandal that pops up from concussions, to sexual assaults and violence, the ickiness of, of some of the organizations, deaths, goes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, thankfully, Taylor doesn't have those things in her wake, but 
she is an economical force only akin to the NFL. Um, I call it the unofficial start of not only summer, but festival season here in Northwest Ohio in Toledo. Let's talk to a friend now about the Old West End Festival, which is just a couple of weeks away. Please let me welcome Dan Finkel. Thanks for coming by. Uh, you're the Old West End Federation Initiative. The Old West End Association. Association. It puts on the festival. Yeah, 50th year of the Old West End Festival, the Golden Jubilee. That's correct. This is a big one for us. Yeah. Is it okay? I, I try to push certain uh, certain things of mine, and I want this to take off. I have always said that the Old West End Festival... Um, many places you go, people say that Memorial Day is the unofficial, official start of summer. I, I like to think the Old West End Festival is that for us here in Ohio. And if it doesn't kick off summer, it certainly kicks off festival season. I think everyone, in almost everyone in the Old West End would agree with you. Good. That that's really the beginning of, of the summer season. It is. Even though it's not officially summer yet, that's what we think of as, all right, the weather's getting nicer, uh, time to do th- fun things outside. First weekend in June, the 50th Old West End Festival. How did, other than living in the neighborhood, how did you get involved and want to be a part of this? Um, <laughs> people... We are always, there's a lot of work, right, that goes into planning festivals. Sure. Um, the last meeting, we actually held it at my house. There were about 30 people in attendance. And so this is everything from like trash pickup to, you know, music and entertainment to food trucks. There's just like all sorts of things that go on tent setups and lots of little things. Well, one of the little things is, uh, you know, dealing with the media and um, being the the face of the Old West End Festival, um, and so somebody just reached out to me that was on the steering committee and said, "Would you would you be willing to take on this job?" And I said, "Yeah, I think I can do that." What do you think of it so far? You have to sit with people like me. This is my. Um, it's fun. This is my third year doing it. I did it before COVID, mm-hmm. and then we didn't have festival for two years, and then I did it. Um, when we came back after COVID, which was pretty exciting because everybody was really itching to do festival. Yeah. You know, we had been a couple of years without it. When, uh, what, what was your, your first um, initiation with the Old West End Festival? Give me some of your background, the, the Dan origin story. Well, the for my first uh, time with festival was not as an Old West End resident. It was just as somebody who knew people who lived in the Old West End and they invited me to festival. Um, and so I walked around the neighborhood and did garage sales and porch parties and all the fun things and did some home tours um, and just enjoyed festival. When did you move into the neighborhood? I moved in to the Old West End neighborhood in 2011. What was uh, what was the appeal that eventually pulled you in? Um, there was a, a house that really um, sort of fell into my lap and that's what brought me to the neighborhood. Um, and then once I moved into the neighborhood, <clears throat> that's when I really figured out that this neighborhood is different from other places I've lived. I mean, other places I've lived, there is a sense of neighborhood, there is a sense of community, but this neighborhood is a little bit more... You you take that and you just put it in concentrated form, you know? it's I spend a lot of time in the neighborhood um, just visiting with neighbors and socializing with neighbors more than I had in other neighborhoods where it may have been an occasional 
you know, social gathering. I was going to say the one thing that I, so I used to live downtown and I had a lot of friends that lived in the old West End. So I got very familiar with it really quickly. And uh, the, the, the appeal of the houses, I can't do anything in a home at all. It's all foreign to me or else I would have purchased one of the beautiful homes. Um, this is too old for me to handle. But one of the things that I always noticed was one, it was extremely diverse. Um, it's a, it's a melting pot and you know, we have, kind of a melting pot in different neighborhoods in Toledo. Like where I live now is like South Toledo. The shades of people who come out of their home, we all look different. But to your point, like that levels up in the old West End. And while certain neighborhoods, West Toledo, South Toledo, people might look differently. To your point again, like there's a different kind of relationship, a social relationship in that whole neighborhood where it's really just like maybe like one big family. We, we say we you live places, everybody knows their neighbor, but everything is just leveled up in the old West End, at least from my perspective. It's like living in a small town, yeah. but in a big city. Um, you know, there are no secrets in the old West yeah. End because uh, everybody knows each other. Um, you know, if, if I go out for a walk, from one end of the neighborhood to the other, I will not make it to my destination without probably stopping up on a porch and visiting with somebody socially for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, what is, outside of uh, the people themselves, and people can make a neighborhood, uh, what about the architecture, the age of the neighborhood? Um, grabs you or stands out at you? Is there a certain place? Forget about the legendary places that we can talk about, people can get, get to on the tours. Is there a tree? Is there anything, a landmark, where no matter how many times you've seen it, it still keeps you in awe? I think what keeps me in awe about the the history of the neighborhood is <clears throat> and, and many of the houses that sort of are are breathtaking have names attached to them where there's also a street with that name or a high school with that name um, many of the people that built the city that started industry in the city made the old west end their home and so a lot of things that we see today can be traced back to that neighborhood. Yeah, Toledo was not as big as it is now, at least geographically. I, Growing up in Philadelphia, I remember my parents telling me like where we lived, which was outside of the city center, was was not farmland, but pretty close to it. And I think that's, that's something that people might overlook here where the old West End was like the edge of the city and people in South and West Toledo, you were way out in the country. But this is decades ago when the city wasn't so big as it is now. There's so much history there. And I'm in awe. I've gotten to go in there a handful of times. I'm in awe when I see Scott High School. It's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous, the architecture. Um, we are very lucky. Many of Toledo's beautiful old high schools were torn down yeah. to be replaced with more modern buildings. And I can certainly understand the desire for a more modern building. But there was a big campaign to save some of the older schools. In particular, um, some people in the old West End really got involved to save Scott High School because architecturally it is a fantastic building. Yeah, And um, we were very lucky to have that saved. Have you ever seen a ghost at Collingwood Arts Center? I have not seen a ghost at Collingwood <laughs> Arts Center. Have you, um, have you felt a ghost at Collingwood Arts Center? I have Center? not felt a ghost at Collingwood Arts Center. And I have my, my particular house that I live in now on Collingwood was uh, um, featured on 
a program called the Dead Files, which is on the Travel Channel, um, because the house was haunted. Um, I have not experienced um, any of that, in, even in my own home. Uh, but certainly, I remember the first night when I moved in, uh, you know, very quiet, no furniture really to speak of, because I haven't mo- moved anything in yet. You know, just me sleeping on an air mattress and and uh, <laughs> the the houses many of them have you know hot water heat so when it's heating the pipes are expanding and contracting and the houses are making noise the houses are making noise and uh, my imagination certainly was running wild that night but i did not encounter any ghosts good 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 good. you're here to talk about the festival the first weekend uh, of june kicks off on our friday night runs through the weekend Give me your talking points, and then I'll ask some questions. Yeah, so the the crown jewel, really, of the festival, what we like to say the crown jewel is, is are the historic home tours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only real event that requires uh, money and tickets, um, and you can buy those tickets when you show up to the festival, or you can buy them um, in advance. Uh, you can save a couple of bucks getting them at Walt Churchill's Market, Sofos Foods, Black Kite Coffee, Quenched and Tempered Brewery, Grinders Coffee, Market on the Green, or Play 21. Any of those places will sell you tickets at a $5 discount, uh, cash only on those. So if you are going to buy them in advance, bring some cash with you. Um, if you come down to the festival and buy them that day, uh, they can take credit cards at the info booths. Uh, but that's really the, we have five great houses on tour this year, and we really wanted to make sure that it, they were five spectacular spectacular houses because it's our 50th um also what kicks off the festival really is the king wamba parade yeah which is saturday morning it starts at 10 a.m um that is a hoot it's a lot of fun to see um that's how most people i think start their festival weekend they come down they you know camp out on the parade route and get ready to watch uh, a very interesting and unique mm. parade go by uh for um, up to a couple hours it's, it's also a very large parade it's growing kind of and Obviously, uh, COVID did what it did and disrupted a lot of things. But I had said um, before COVID, the Pride Parade was more than just a Pride event. It was a Toledo City Parade. It's like you go to the Coleman Race, you go to opening day, you go to the Pride Parade. And I would think the King Wamba Parade is inching up quickly to be a part of that conversation as well with how much people look forward to it. Yeah, it takes a lot of organizing to put on that parade just because it's so large now and of course you have to you have to get everybody lined up at the beginning um there's obviously limited space because you know you're lining up cars and floats and horses and you know people on stilts or whatever isn't going to be in the parade it all has to be lined up and staged in advance and then it you know slowly winds its way through the neighborhood and um ends uh, just on Collingwood where there's a stage where we um, crown the king and queen um, of the King Wamba Parade that year. Have they been announced yet or did I miss that? Nope. Uh, They are announced. It's uh, John and Kim Howard. Uh, They are neighbors of of the Old West End. They live in the Old West End and they've really been instrumental in um, making the community a better place to live um, both through you know, their preservation efforts and their just efforts to make it a fun um, social place and an accepting place for all. Is, is that what it is? Uh, Old West End pride and, and welcoming people and inclusion. Um, is that how the king and queen are chosen annually? There's a committee that chooses the king and queen and 
you know, there's various factors that are taken into consideration, but really we're looking for somebody that's made an impact on the old West end. You know, they have changed the old West end for the better by being there and participating. Was last year, uh, Andrew from Toledo spirits were he and his wife. Yes. Yep. They, they were last year. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, there, uh, his wife is the one that opened up black kite. Correct. Correct. Yep. And I call it uh, Oh God, what's, uh, what's Andrew's last name? Uh, newbie. I call it Newbieville as he builds that little playground in, in Uptown. I haven't seen an update on it, but that multi-level facility where he just wants to put so many things in there and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, again, examples of people that, you know, are looking around and th- saying, how can I make things better around me? Yeah. And those are the kind of people that wind up being king and queen. Let me go backwards for a second. Um, how are people selected for house tours? Do you ever have to do any any prodding, uh, some negotiating to get people to welcome all kinds of strangers into their home? Yeah, it's, I mean, basically you make phone calls and you say, would you be willing to open up your house for a festival? Um, and we usually find people that are gracious enough to do that but it, it is a big deal because you kind of lose control of your house for a couple of days yeah uh, generally the homeowners are not around you know during the tours because they would sort of be in the way um, the tours are run by a house captain and volunteers that volunteer as docents for the house um, and they're the ones that are giving tours of the house and you know thousands of people are traipsing through these houses yeah. over the weekend have is there a house on your list that maybe you've gotten a no from or no one was in there, it was rented? Is there a, a, a wish list of houses or a, a place that you'd like to get on or come back because they haven't been on the uh, on the tours recently? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um and, you know, the houses also, they change hands from time to time. I mean, some people live in their house for 20, 30 years, but um, sometimes it's just a matter of the, the house that we've wanted to be on tour. You know, a new person moves into it and maybe they're more willing to put it on tour. But I think generally, um, you know, we've asked the question. We've certainly gotten no's, but we've we've always gotten enough yeses to put about five houses Good. on the tour. Good. Wait, is there ever a thought to, to be more than that, many more than that perhaps? Or is five just a perfect number to make the weekend work? I think five is, is what <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't say on, on this radio program or podcast um, that it takes a bunch of volunteers to do this right and so that's really the challenge would we love to put 10 houses on tour sure but how do you staff 10 houses sure it's a big enough challenge to staff five so um, if you're the kind of person that would like to participate in the old west end festival um, you can go to toledooldwestend.com and there is a place to sign up to volunteer you could volunteer in the beer garden if that's your thing if you want to serve beers um, if you want to you know uh, man the info booths that's great too uh, but if you want to help with the house tours that's a great thing to do because not only will you you know get a t-shirt for volunteering but um, we'll give you some tickets to go see the other houses as well excellent um, those those volunteers are super important and it's very difficult I mean I talked about 30 people sort of manning the different chairs to put on festival but each of those needs to recruit volunteers for their department or their job in some ways is this becoming like bigger than you ever imagined could it 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 is a growing event in our area it is so this year the because it's the 50th we wanted to make it a little bit bigger right 
And so we have the the normal things, the house tours. We have the parade. Um, of course, if you're a runner, we've got the 5K on Sunday. And again, you can sign up for the 5K by going to ToledoOldWestEnd.com. Um, this year, we added a glow roll. So Friday night, if you're interested, um, you can bring your golf cart, which probably only works if you live in the neighborhood. But if you're coming from outside the neighborhood, by all means, bring your golf cart or just your bicycle and you decorate it with lights. Um, and we're meeting up um, at someone's house um, and we're going to have some snacks and drinks. And then we're going to go out and do a glow roll at night through the neighborhood. You probably already have some people signed up for that because I know, I think there are monthly glow, glow rolls in downtown or uptown as is through the summer. Yes. Yeah. And so we just thought it would be nice to have one um, go through the neighborhood for a festival. Um, and it seemed like a fairly... Um, fun and easy thing to add uh, you don't have to register for it um, you do have to sign a, like a waiver participation form you can do that online or if you just show up for the event um, you can sign the form when you come and again if you go to ToledoOldWestEnd.com there's the address and the time to meet and all that information that anybody be, would be looking for was last year the Glenwood Park expansion yeah and we're doing Glenwood Park again yeah how'd that go last year uh, it went well Good. and we're you know we're hoping that this is we're just, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger you know obviously everybody's used to the art fair and the the uh, marketplace that that's down by the museum there's children's activities down by the museum and everybody knows the beer garden mm-hmm. which is in the arboretum and there's bands and entertainment there as well food trucks food, lots of food trucks um and really but there's food trucks in really all the locations so there's a lot of food trucks at the arboretum but glenwood park has its share of food trucks now they have live music and entertainment um and they have children's activities so that's become a a way for us to expand the footprint of the festival to match the footprint of the neighborhood how many people have you ever gotten a number even if it's an estimate how many people attend over the course of a couple days I don't have that number offhand. The only the only way we can really measure the number is with the ticket sales for the house tours, which is in the thousands. But the um, you know there are people that will come and not do house tours. Mm-hmm. That's not maybe that's not their thing. Maybe they just want to listen to music or um, buy some art at the art fair. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons that people would come to the neighbor garage sales. Mm-hmm. Right um, there are yard sales. All over the place. And again, I, I know I keep saying it, ToledoOldWestEnd.com, but last year we put on an interactive map so that on your phone you could pull up a map of the neighborhood and it would show you where all the yard sales were. And so you could just hit every single Perfect. one or you could hit enough until you have you had enough and and uh, your shopping bag was full. Is there ever uh, like a part... A- big party within the festival and I mean like because I've been invited and attended porch parties before just to have a good time maybe not do uh, house tours or anything else but a a friend and it was too hard to navigate because it was so busy I'm like I'm just crashing here is there one party at somebody's house that's like bigger than all the rest um I will say this about house parties. There are plenty of them. Um, So if you stick around, even after festival sort of officially shuts down, the house tours stop at five. The music goes in the Arboretum much later. Um, But, you know, even if you stuck around after the music shut down and you just walked through the neighborhood, chances are you'll run into a party that might just welcome you in because it's that kind of a neighborhood where, you know, people are are pretty friendly and pretty welcoming. You might have to duck. A beanbag might be coming at your head from a a, a 
raucous game of uh, corn uh, cornhole. Yep. Um, I guess the last question I really wanted to throw at you is, what about uh, travel to and parking, which is basically like non-existent? So what's the best way to get to and from festival? Well, um, at ToledoOldWestEnd.com. I know I keep mentioning that, but gosh, that's where like everything you need to know is. Good. There's a map of, it's got the parade route, <clears throat> excuse me, the parade route. It has all the houses that are on tour, and it also has some parking locations um, where you can park. Obviously, you can park on the street as well. <clears throat> some people who have private parking may, you know, say five, ten, fifteen bucks or whatever, and you can park there. It's really sort of first come, first serve. But um, I would start with that map. Uh, with the parking and then go from there and there is a shuttle that runs around the neighborhood to take you to all the house tours so um, you know the neighborhood is walkable but if you need if you need a lift we can certainly give you one um, and the, sh- the shuttle route is on that map as well uh, any future plans for expansion or addition I know you're probably your head's probably spinning as we're a couple of weeks out from this but anything that's in these discussions with the 30 people that you'd like to add you know I think that the big thing we want to emphasize is number one. This is a, I know I talked about, we talked about parties late at night, but this really is a family friendly event, um, and so it's the kind of event. You know, if you have young kids, right, the challenge is to go out and do something fun and find a sitter. Well, you don't have to do that here, right? Just bring the kids with because there's face painting and children's activities and bounce houses and fun things for the whole family to do throughout the day. Um, So that's one thing I would emphasize. The other thing I would emphasize is that really it used to be just um, Saturday and Sunday, but we really pushed for the public to come early on Friday night. We started entertainment and the beer garden is open. So Friday after work, you know, get in your car and come down to the neighborhood and enjoy the beginning of the old West end festival. Um, don't stay out too late. Cause then you got to get up early and come see the yeah. parade, but um, come Come enjoy festival on Friday as well. How early do people wind up showing up to get a good spot or their preferred spot for the parade on Saturday? Um, it's hard for me to say because I don't, you know, I'm usually at the parade starting grounds with media and things like that. Um, but I would suspect that, you know, people are starting to, you know, set up their chairs probably around nine if the parade starts at 10. Uh, from when I have done events before, uh, being in your position, the preparation again can make your head spin, so much communication. And then sometimes, um, you can take a step back and enjoy the event because everything is up and running. The other side of that could be you get to the event day, the event weekend, and now everybody still needs part of your time. Do you get to enjoy as much as you used to now that you're steering so much of this? Do you ever get to take a sigh of relief or a breath and and, and enjoy the festivities of the festival? Uh, Sunday winds up, for me personally, this is not true for everybody. You know, the, the beer garden is busy and house tours are busy. But for me the media coverage is kind of done by then um, on Saturday. Um, this year be a little bit different. We're going to have, uh, we're working on a WGTE Toledo stories. If you're familiar with that mm-hmm. series where they do, I am. there is no Toledo stories about the old West end yet. We're working on making that happen. And um, so WGTE is going to be, there during festival um they'll do a live broadcast during festival and um they will also be there to get a lot of 
guess they call it b-roll footage right so um footage of the parade footage of house tours and things like that things that'll wind up in that documentary awesome it's going to be another fantastic weekend here in toledo and if my memory serves me right usually it does somehow the weather has always been cooperative if not for the whole weekend most of it right can you think any bad weather weekends it's the one thing we have no control over. And, yeah. and you know, we, we hope and we pray for the best weather, but uh, Mother Nature will do what Mother Nature does. Um, it has rained and rained and rained during festival. You know, one year the Arboretum kind of turned into a mud pit. Um, there's been festivals. I remember I had a party at my house and, you know, people showed up and I offered them a beer and they said, I just want a glass of water because it was so darn hot. But I tell you what, no matter what the weather is, whether it's hot or rainy or cool and perfect, people have fun yeah regardless so you know we want the weather to be great but no matter what their weather is it's going to be a fun festival that that much i can promise i can't promise good weather but i can promise it will be fun awesome we're done thank you so much Awesome. Oh, did you, is there anything else you wanted to add? Or did, we get, did we get to everything? If there's anything I missed, I can guarantee it's on ToledoOldWestEnd.com. <laughs> <laughs> that website, once again, is ToledoOldWestEnd.com. Yep. Watch the numbers scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.